0: evidence and answers You have often heard this statistic that nearly 80% of Christian students abandon their faith after 4 years of college. Well, what can we do to change this statistic? The Kennecook Institute is making a difference. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host Pat Zuckren. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics. The Defense of the Christian Faith. Today, in our broadcast, Keith Chansey will share about the Kennecook Institute and how, for nearly three decades, this ministry has been transforming the lives of young people for Christ. This is a show that will inspire you as you hear how Kennecook is producing a new generation of leaders who are impacting our nation and the world for Christ. Now, to begin our three part interview, is our host, Pat.
1: You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers to the challenges of today. Well, you know that statistic I keep saying. 80% of Christian students who profess Christ in high school abandon their faith after four years of college. Well, what are we going to do about this? How do we turn the tide? Well, one of the greatest needs you hear me saying is to raise a new generation of Christians who are discipled, grounded in the Christian worldview and equipped to engage their culture and world for Christ and well there's a group doing just that in a very effective way and I want to tell you about an exciting ministry producing I mean they are part of the answer here producing a generation of young Christian men and women who will be leaders who will go on to impact their world for Christ and this is the mm-hmm. canna Institute canna is one of the largest Christian camps in the world. Every summer, over 20,000 kids, that's 20,000, come through their camps and hear the gospel message of Christ. However, during the school year, Kanakook has an institute for college graduates and career professionals that equips our young people to become leaders who can engage and impact their culture for Christ. And today, we have the mastermind. We have the director <laughs> of the Cook Institute today, Keith Chansey. So, Keith, welcome to Evidence and Answers.
2: Uh, Pat, it's great to be here today, my friend. And, man, we are doing this together, teammates for the cause of Christ.
1: That's right. Well, Keith, tell us a little bit about the Canacook Institute. What do you guys do over there?
2: Uh, Pat, thanks. Well, you know, we, very humbly, I just want to say we are just humbled at the opportunity to take young minds, that have been affected by the world and recalibrate their worldview and to give them hope. Because what we're finding, Pat, is so many kids come through college and they've just been just beat down. They're coming out of high school beat down. Maybe they came to Christ at some point. And so what we found out, we said, you know, we've got to develop something that is going to equip the next generation. I've worked for Cannecuck Camp now. This will be my 44th year to work for Cannecuck. You know, most people grow up and get real jobs. God gave me the job above all jobs to equip the next generation through biblical skills and loving them. You know, I may not be the richest guy in the world, but I am rich in what God has given to me in his grace. And to equip these kids, that is our goal at the Kanakuk Institute. We bring kids in from all around the country, even the world. There's been people come from out of the country. We've had those from London. We've Saudi Arabia. This year we had a kid from Saudi Arabia. We get kids from everywhere and all denominations, and we help them understand what the Bible says. And so they will spend from August to the end of April living in Branson, Missouri, at our family camp, and we have the greatest facilities that we feel like we need to give you guys first-class stuff, and we're going to give you the best teachers, and we are going to raise up the next generation of leaders to impact, whether you're going to go into full-time ministry or you're going to go into Marketplace. So no matter what you do, we have doctors, lawyers, teachers, coaches, you name it. We've got it. We've got pastors. We've got everything. And they've come in here. We have now, Pat, we've been doing this for now 20 years. In fact, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a little bit. But we've been doing this for 20 years, and we have over 1,200 students all around the world making an impact for Jesus Christ.
1: Yes, indeed. You know, And I run in now, I run into <laughs> Canacook students Literally all over the world. I ran into three of them here in Hawaii, and I ran into one there in the Philippines. And so yeah. I'm running into them from all over the world. In fact, I just spoke at a conference in California, and the worship leader is a Kanaka graduate. So <laughs> you guys are everywhere.
2: Well, well, you know what, Pat? It's really fun because, you know— I think that's what Paul told us to do. He said, man, you are to raise up to disciple. Jesus' greatest commission was for us to, you know, train these guys and to, that we would make disciples of all the nations. And it was the greatest commandment he gave to us. And so many people, they, they understand that we are to make disciples. But the number one problem is, Pat, is that we all know that, but we don't know how to make them. And so a lot of people, they've never been equipped to study their Bible. We don't know what it means to inductively study our Bible and to take God at his word. In fact, we make the Bible say what we want us to say rather than what God meant for it to say. I've always called that an opinion. An opinion is what I think, and I need to be careful of that. But what David said in Daniel 1, he says we are to have the convictions. You know, when he stood and Daniel said, you know, I will not eat the king's choice food, the only reason he did that, Pat was because he knew what the Bible said. And he knew that he should not eat food that had been sacrificed to a pagan God. And so at fifteen years old he was making he was able to make a stand because he had conviction. And conviction is not what I think, it's what God thinks. And there's such a difference. And if we can raise up a generation, we could change this world around if we understood what the Bible said about how we are to engage in this world. That we can't let the world change us. We are here to change the world.
1: Yes, you know, that's great. You know, Keith, tell us some of the history of the CannaCook Institute. I mean, why you began it and how did it all begin? Give us a brief story. How how it all came about. I mean, it's such a great organization and institution and people sitting out here saying, that sounds great, but man, how'd these guys start? How can we start something like that out here? Tell us how it all began. you
2: know, it's really, thank you, Pat, because, you know, I believe that what we started could be replicated everywhere. And the reason that we started the Institute was because I begin to see, like you said at the beginning of your show, 20,000 campers come through Cannecuck every year. And we get them so fired up. They all want to run to the cross. They all want to give their life to Christ. But then they go back home where they don't have discipleship, and they begin to falter. And they go, well, I just can't wait to get back to camp. Well, camp is not the answer. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is. And I love this because, you know, When I think about, you know, all the way back to creation, God said it, and it was, and it says in chapter 1, verse 2, it says, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, and it says in John 1, 14, you know, the Word became flesh. So Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit were all there. The greatest power that we have is the power of God who created the world, who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, who resurrected from the grave, and he lives in the heart of all that believe. We have the greatest power source. But, Pat, what, is, what we have found is that so many got fired up, but they didn't know where to go. They ran off the cliff, so to speak. Mm. And we said we have got to raise up a generation that these kids, when they get saved, and they understand who Christ is and what he did, and it's not about living under the law, but it's about being freed from the law, and they live and understand grace, And they love God so much that the life change is not that I've got to be good, but I can't help being good because I understand fully who Jesus Christ is and was and who I'll spend eternity with in heaven. So, Pat, as we begin to see this, we say we've got to bring people in. We've got to help them understand the overview of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. So we begin to equip them in, you know, the, the creation, the fall, the flood, the nations we begin to help them understand geographically you know that what god had done all over the world and, and he is a jewish god and that he understands that this nation of israel is very very important and we had to begin to help people understand that jesus was not a white god and that we had to help them understand that the jewish culture was very important to our bible but yet because the jews rejected jesus we, the Gentile, got grafted in, and we're so thankful. But, you know, Pat, that just, just doesn't happen. We've got to begin to help them understand, how does the Bible read? Who is Moses? Who is Noah? All these characters weren't just stories that we read because so many people will read about Noah, and they go, oh, it's a cute little story about an ark and all these animals and we, a rainbow, and we go, oh, that's really pretty and fun. But they fail to understand that that's about judgment. And so we've made everything seem so easy and nice that we misunderstood who God really is as creator and that he wanted something very important for us in John 4:26. A time is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth, for such it is that the Father seeks. Pat, I don't know if I've ever collected myself after I read that. The Father seeks true worshipers. And what is a true worshipper? And that is what the Candicuk Institute has been all about. Is we've got to teach you as it says in Luke 252, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God man. We've got to begin to help these kids. We need to help them understand how to work. We need to help them understand how to be trained. We need to teach them how to understand the word of God. We need to give them a worldview, a Christian worldview that begins to stand and understand why war happens, and to answer questions like if God is good, then why is there evil? And we've got to help people understand that God answered every question that we have through him becoming a man, a virgin-born man, the perfect virgin-born man, who died on the cross, and his substitutionary death that died for our sins through his blood and his resurrection is what gives us salvation. And it doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm a recipient of what God did. And Pat, when I understand that, then I understand why these kids are here at the Institute. They go, Chanty, I've just tried to be good. I've struggled with porn. I've struggled with all these issues of life, and I've never really been happy. Chanty, over the last two years of the pandemic, I've really it's really been hard. And I go, I get it. And the reason that it's really been hard is because we don't understand our Christian worldview. So as we understand this, Pat, we teach the Bible. All the way the Old Testament to the New Testament, we make sure they understand everything in between. And that's first and foremost. Secondly, we do is we help them understand their belief statement. Who is God? Who is Christ? Who is the Holy Spirit? When I think about having the Holy Spirit and I go, the power that's within me, Acts 1-8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witness to both the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the Exodus parts of the world, I go, are you kidding me? I go, this is unbelievable. I'm so fired up, I just want to run out the door. But if we run out that door and we don't know where we're running to, we get in trouble. So we've got to give you that foundation that Christ taught about. Foundation that is of rock, not of the sand, but of the rock. And as we do that, Pat, it makes so much sense. We teach you to evangelize. We teach you to study the Bible. We equip you with how to answer hard questions we help you with your Christian worldview. We help you with your apologetical stances. We help you to know how to defend the faith. Does that help? Does that answer that question? Absolutely.
1: Yes. You know, uh, obviously you had a tremendous passion to see young people, disciples oh. and grounded in the Christian worldview, how to apply their faith to the real world around yes, them. Sir. Yeah, key, But it starts with a passion. You were the visionary behind it. Yeah. How would you put it all together? I mean, what were your next steps here in making this vision come to pass?
2: Thank you. Well, you know, I had been involved at CannaCut for years, and I ran one of the camps. And also I was one of the pastors of a church in Denton called Denton Bible Church. And I'd also started a parachurch ministry that I had been a part of called K-Life. And I began to watch these parachurch ministries that are coming alongside of the church. I began to watch the church ministries that we're supposed to be equipping. And, Pat, what I saw is everybody was more about the entertainment. And, uh-huh. and you know, I really believe it's so important for us. Yeah, I don't want to just be an entertainment to the kids to come and be a part of this, but I want them to go, you know what, we've got to tweak their hearts, and that's a lot of prayer. And I began to pray a lot about what would be a place where we could go that there would be kids coming that could get on fire for Jesus that we, they wouldn't just be on fire, but we could equip them, train them, and send them. And I chose I had worked at Canikucket, which is one of the biggest camps in the world, and I said, you know what, that's where I want to go. And I went to Joe White, who was my boss, who owned all the Canikucket at the time, and I said, Joe, here's the dream. And Joe and I together, we said, whoa, this would be an unbelievable opportunity because we have 2,500 staff on staff that come from all over, we have twenty thousand campers. Chansey, what do you think they need to know? And Pat, it was really fun to think, like I just told you a while ago, all those things that we begin to do, how are we going to help them to make disciples? And Jesus taught us that when he said, you know, teaching them to observe all that was written. And I love that. Baptizing them and then his son, Father, Holy Spirit. And, Lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the earth. You know, we have to help people understand all of those things are important. We want, when a kid gets saved, we got to get them baptized. we got to help them make an open profession of faith that it is real. Not that that saves them, but it's important for them. And then we're teaching them the Word of God. And then we send them out to Lo, God's with them wherever they go, and that wherever they're planted, they grow. And so if they're in junior high, high school, college, or if they're in a job, or if they're in the medical field, the lawyer field, or wherever, where they're at, they don't grumble about their boss. They don't grumble about the people that they're around. What they do is they plant, they grow where they're planted, and they are not trying to change others, but they're allowing God to change others through them. I love it because it says in Colossians 3.23, Whatever you do, do you work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. My boss is Jesus Christ. The bosses I have, I want to make them rich. I want to bless them. And some of the bosses I've worked for haven't been, you know, perfect. Imagine that. Nobody is. But my goal is to be the best that I can to make everybody around here see Jesus through unity and teach them not to misunderstand forgiveness. Boy, Pat, that's one of the biggest things I've seen is so many people don't understand forgiveness. They don't understand how to reconcile and so we live with this bitterness, this irreconciled differences, and we think it's okay. And I just begin to see this as we started the Institute, that kids, their parents have divorced, there's been pain, they're angry. What are we going to do in training them up? Well, it first starts in the family. We've got to help them understand reconciliation with the family. I say that first. First is reconcile to God. Secondly, with their family. And then with their friends. And then when they begin to do those well, and as a teacher, we, now they're going to begin to go, now I need to go out and build that type of culture in the way that I live. That Not a culture of talking about people, but talking to God about people to help them. And that we pray together, that we help them, we come alongside. Oh, my gosh, Pat, I've seen so many miracles that only God could do because he gave us the privilege of these students and the passion of starting the institute. To see a very darkened world, a very difficult world, but there's hope through Christ. And that was what the Institute was meant to do and is doing. As these kids have given up where they live, they've moved to – and these kids are graduating from Texas University, Northwestern University. They're graduating from Wheaton. They're graduating from Liberty. They're graduating from the greatest universities in the country, and they're coming to us going, I'm not there. Help us. And so, Pat – we knew that we had to train them in the Bible. We knew we had to give them. You've always heard this saying you give a man a fish and you feed him for the day, but you teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. We are teaching these kids to fish. And boy, had they dropped a lot of lines in the water, and we're watching them catch a lot of souls for Christ. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, you know, Keith, you work with a lot of kids coming right out of college. And we know the stats. Yeah. You know, 80% of young yeah. people abandon their faith after four years yep. of college. But when you get these yep. college grads coming to the Institute, I mean, what are they like? Mm. My perception <laughs> is that coming out of college, especially if you're coming out of a public university or state college, you know, a lot of times you're coming out confused, you know, yeah. and, and you have yeah. kind of got a schizophrenic Christianity. You know, Christianity is about my... <laughs> personal walk with God but when it comes to everything else medical ethics technology science government I mean it doesn't apply and so I'm you know I'm kind of living kind of a schizophrenic faith that's what I that's what I see in a lot of young people right Uh, what do you see when they're coming out of college
2: I see the exact same thing you do I see the schizophrenia Christian wise you don't really understand it and so there is a lot of confusion I think there's a, a step to all this confusion my goal as I see a kid, whether it be any kid that I ever meet, I don't care what age they are, whether they're young or whether they're old, I believe that a lot of people are very really confused. And my goal as a believer is to get them, college grad, I want to get them to be curious. And in their curiosity, I want them to get converted. And in the conversion, I want them to become a core believer who makes an impact for Christ. I think there's steps Pat, that we have, to, we have to meet people where they're at, find out their pains, and I love that question. I love to ask people, what's your pain? What's your fear? Because when I hear about your pain and your fear, I usually understand your view of God. Well, your worldview of God will usually stem from one of those two answers, and so I love to find that out, Pat, because if I hear you say, well, my fear is I don't know if I can trust God or my pain is that my parents divorced, or my parents were killed, or I just don't understand if God was good, then why would my girlfriend break up with me? There's every kind of question that people ask that they've never had somebody really help them understand the answer to that question. And so these kids that, you know, the 80% of them that are coming to us that are, you know, they've abandoned their faith because they've been confused. I, I get it because our world has done that to them, but it's up to us as people that know God. You see, my favorite verse in the Bible, and it's my life verse, is Romans 8:28, And it says, all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Well, I loved the first part when I first memorized that verse as about an 18-year-old, because that's when I became a Christian at 18 years old. All things work together for good. Yay! But I don't know if I quite understood that second part, according to his will. You see, and that was the part that kind of got me because I said if God is good and I get saved, I had kind of a prosperity type mentality that if I give my life to Christ, he's going to make everything good after that. And the unfortunate thing is that I'm seeing these kids that that say they've given their life to Christ, they believe that. If I give my life to Christ so they think, then everything after that is going to be good. It's going to be happy. Uh, I'm going to get married. There's going to be a beautiful guy or or handsome guy that comes to my world. I'm going to get a good job. And if I don't, then they blame God for it. They've never been taught the fall of man back in Genesis 1, 2, 3. And they don't understand that the serpent, more crafty than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made, said. And it caused confusion right there. And from that moment on, there's been confusion that we were separated from God in the garden. God did not fail man failed. And Pat, I don't know if there's anything that could help me, help this generation of confused kids more than that. God has never failed. Man did. He ate from the fruit, but God restored what man did. When man failed, God solved that problem, and that God became a perfect man from a virgin birth, and he died on the cross for our sins, and we, the believers, can have salvation through the grace of God, through what he did, not by being good. And when we go through trials like James 1, consider it pure joy. My brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, I love that because endurance is what I seek, but my endurance comes from my trust in God that I consider it pure joy, not joy, joy, ha-ha, in that everything, you know, happy, happy, it's all good, but I have a peaceful contentment that when i do go through that trial god is there with me and he's going to help me through that and i'm going to trust him through that through all the pain and he is a good god no matter what and the fall of man is what caused this pain it wasn't god that caused that wreck it it was a fall there's pain as a result of the fall and i can't stop that but what i can do is i can be a light and i can be salt and I can make people thirsty and see the light of Jesus. Does that help there, Pat?
1: Absolutely. You know, one of the things you and me talked about, you know, Second 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, and what you have heard from me in the yes. presence of many witnesses, entrust uh, the faithful men and women who will yes, be able yes. to teach others also. And so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you mentioned that your goal, you know, as a disciple maker, but also yes. the goal of the Institute is that yeah. every believer become a person of impact for christ yes and i think you made a good illustration i wanted you to tell it that you went to play high school football not just to stop there you had higher goals and aspirations you're training for something higher than that and when you went to college you didn't go just to play college stop there i mean you're going on and i think that's a great illustration of people coming to christ we're not just there to have them pray a prayer
0: We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or even schedule an apologetics conference at your church or location, give him a call in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586, or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts, like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online.